Hello, this is Peter Bergman, and welcome to Radio Free Oz, our daily podcast. This for Wednesday, September 13th, 2011. Recently, I was talking with a friend of mine who used to work for the LA Times, and he informed me that they had literally no subscribers below the age of 50, which is, in a sense, remarkable, scandalous, but understandable. People are just moving away from hard print. Well, this may also be true with their sister paper, The Gray Lady on the East Coast, The New York Times. If so, they've lost one of their major over 50s. It appears that Donald Rumsfeld has canceled his subscription to The New York Times. He blasted The Times uh, yesterday saying the publication has deteriorated over the decades and is no longer a relevant newspaper. Oh, really? Um, And you're relevant, huh? Okay, all right. The former defense secretary made headlines earlier in the week on Twitter. Oh, he's such a modern man. uh, That he canceled his subscription because of um, Paul Krugman's piece uh, uh, calling the anniversary of September 11th attacks an occasion for shame. Okay, I must say, says Mr. Rumsfeld, when I read that, it was kind of the last straw for me. What were the other straws? The newspaper taking you to task for being a war criminal? All right. I remember, he said, the New York Times in the old days when, you know, people like Scotty Reston and Bill Sapphire used to write for them. Uh-huh. And now it's gotten to the point where, where they, they promote things like Krugman and the outrageous, repugnant things he says, as well as others. And I decided that I would have to go timeless. Uh-huh. Well, that's the only timeless thing about you. You will soon be forgotten. Krugman's op-ed published Sunday on the 10th anniversary of the September 11th attack under the headline, The Years of Shame, called what happened after the atrocity deeply shameful. The tragic attacks, Krugman claimed, uh, became a wedge issue that served fake heroes like Rudy Giuliani and former President George W. Bush, whom Rumsfeld served in his Pentagon post for six years. The memory of 9-11 has been irrevocably poisoned, said Krugman. It has become an occasion for shame, and in its heart, the nation knows it. The right wing just piled on poor Paul, and, and, and now the times have lost Rummy as, as, as a supporter, as a, as a subscriber. Oh, my. Well, Krugman was right, and America has to come to terms with 9-11 and its aftermath, and what we're going to do to cure this terrorist panic, the war on terror, the war we can't win, the war that should never begin. Grugman's right. I stand behind him. And to Rummy, all I can say is that everything you know is wrong. This is Henry Kissinger for War Crimes Airlines. Being an indicted war criminal in 20 countries around the world can be a real pain in the butt. And with a butt like mine, that's some pain. Globetrotten have gotten real rotten for yours truly. I can't get a quick banger in London anymore, or go moose diving in Paris, or cut off a little schnitzel in Vienna. I was hounded and grounded, but now I'm flying high on War Crimes Airlines. I drop my ass in first class and wing off to Albania, Sudan, Borneo, Bahrain, and Tierra del Fuego. The scenery's not resting, but they aren't either. So, before they haul you off to Den Haag, use your frequent felony miles and get out of jail free on War Crimes Airlines. I'm Henry Kissinger. 
and I'll be back. I was talking yesterday and I think last week also about the sense of blood sport in the Republican debates, the cheering for the executions, the cheering for let that man die, that young man that chose not to have health insurance. Well, he needs six months of intensive care. Let him die. Big cheers. It's good to see that there are people within the party that feel similarly. Sarah Reedy, the National Director of Scheduling for John Huntsman's presidential campaign, has some stern words for her own party. In a post on her Facebook page, Reedy, who joined Huntsman's campaign in August but was not speaking on its behalf in this instance, said the behavior made her sick and sad for the Republican Party. Well, the Republican Party right now, which is basically the T-publicans, is sick and sad. For years, she said, I have tried to prove that the GOP isn't the party of elitist, stereotypical people who lack compassion. Well, there's a job. Reedy wrote on her Facebook account Tuesday, When did creativity and growth become secondary to hate? Hearing the debate crowds go crazy over things like executions and the uninsured dying makes me sick and sad for my party that I devote my time and efforts. In an interview with The Ticket, Reedy said that she had heard similar complaints within Republican circles. It's a general frustration I hear among friends across the party, she said. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. There are a lot of very good, straightforward people out there working for the Republican Party, and they must be scandalized that, indeed, this Tea Party ethos, ignorance, xenophobism, homophobism, this idea somehow that welfare cheaters deserve to die. <laughs> welfare cheaters. Anyway, we join you, Sarah. And here's an ironic note. It was Ron Paul being quizzed by... Wolf Blitzer at the Tea Party Republican debate, who said, well, you know, we make our choices in a socialist country. You know, everybody expects the government to take care of them regardless of how much insurance they have or don't have. And if that young man didn't get insurance, well, then he has to take responsibility for his actions. And people were yelling, yeah, let him die. Well, Paul's 2008 campaign manager, Kent Snyder, went through a strikingly similar experience to Blitzer's hypothetical one, dying of complications from viral pneumonia just two weeks after Paul ended his presidential bid. Snyder was uninsured, so family and friends were forced to raise funds to cover his $400,000 in medical bills. Their efforts included setting up a website soliciting contributions from Paul's supporters. Oh, that's good. You know, in Ron Paul's world, if I get sick and don't have enough insurance or no insurance, I can get my friends to go and raise $400,000 for me on the web. Of course, there will be millions of others on the web trying to raise money for their medical emergencies. Oy, 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 what a world. Thanks to Flexerol, that 60-year-old arthritic man can pump fake Kobe and float in for a slam dunk. Thanks to Semperstiff, that impotent silver-haired couple are skipping down the beach in post-coital ecstasy. Thanks to Plaque Attack, that African-American senior is off his cholesterol-free diet and back to the sizzler. And thanks to Pinot More CL, that incontinent 70-something threw away her depends and became a champion line dancer. Thanks to all of them. And thanks to us. You bought the pharmaceuticals. You Bought the Pharmaceuticals is a plausibly deniable division of U.S. Plus. Ah, yes, You Bought the Pharmaceuticals, one of our new Platinum sponsors. Glad to have them on board. And let's continue to talk about diseases. How are we going to beat 
the Reaper. Well, what really is killing us? For decades, global health leaders have focused on, you know, AIDS, tuberculosis, new flu bugs. They push for vaccines, better treatments, and other ways to control germs that were only a plane ride away from seeding outbreaks anywhere in the world. Contagion! Now, they are turning to a new set of culprits causing what the United Nations Secretary General Ban Ki-moon calls a public health emergency in slow motion. This time, germs aren't the target. We are, along with our bad habits like smoking, overeating, and too little exercise. Welcome to the broad belt of America. Next week, the UN General Assembly will hold its first summit on chronic diseases, cancer, diabetes, and heart and lung disease. So cancer and diabetes and heart and lung disease are the three maladies that are killing us off. These account for nearly two-thirds of deaths worldwide, or about 36 million people. In the United States, they kill nine out of every 10 people. They have common risk factors such as smoking and sedentary lifestyles, and many are preventable. It's hard to fathom the suffering these maladies are causing in some parts of the world. For example, until a few years ago, Ethiopia had one cancer specialist, Dr. Bogali Solomon, for more than 80 million people. Now, three more oncologists have joined, he said, and these four doctors struggle to treat patients in a country where cancer drugs and even painkillers are in short supply. Man, do they need Obamacare. In any case, what's killing us, okay? Lung diseases, heart diseases, and diabetes. Lung diseases, smoking. Still a legitimate drug. Uh, well, what it basically is is a drug delivery system. If it was so denominated, then we could truly control it the way we control other truly dangerous drugs. But there's a lot of people out there making a lot of money <laughs> on lung disease. Okay, diabetes. Mentioned yesterday that diabetes is a huge problem amongst the poor. Amongst many people, but particularly amongst the poor, because the poor cannot make good nutritional decisions. Whatever Ron Paul says, you need time, money, and education to make right decisions for your lifestyle. They're eating poorly, they're eating lots of starch and lots of fast, fatty, cheap foods, and diabetes is the result. As far as cancer is concerned, there's a lot of preventable cancers, the ones that are environmentally triggered. That's why I'm not at all happy with Obama's desire to what? Cook up a little more business by cutting down the pollution rules? It don't make good sense. It's not good for our health on any level. Anyway, that's the world as we see it today. Times are tough. Lots of disease, lots of people yelling and screaming for death and execution, la-da-dee-da. The fact is, we're going to make it better. And if you don't know that, well then, everything you know 